Like I said before, not all root canals are bad, but sometimes for people that are questioning, I think it's really important that you think about your total health and go way back, your whole history. A lot of times I hear, well, this happened six months after I got this root canal, or as soon as this root canal happened, I started to get this. So go back with your doctor and kind of figure out your timeline. If you've ever had a root canal or thought about needing a root canal or been told, hey, root canal is your only option, this is the podcast for you because we're going to take a deep dive today into everything related to root canals. What are they? What's the big deal? What's the dangers? What are your options? And of course, Dr. Taylor is going to shine a light on this controversial subject for us. Dr. T, welcome. Thanks. Root canals are something that you get asked a lot. Yes. Almost every day. <laughs> and sometimes that's patients, existing patients, or a lot of times it's people just calling in wanting to know, what should I do? Yeah. I mean, I think people are becoming a lot more aware of what's in their mouth and they're starting to question things. And so when people are researching different health things and they happen to see a root canal thing come up, they are curious, hey, I have a couple of those root canal teeth in my head. Or my doctor told me that I need this, and do I really need this? And what are the risks if I choose to do the treatment? And then what are the alternative treatments? I think that uh, this is obviously a pretty controversial subject. Um, the American Dental Association and the Endodontic Associations all say that root canals are completely safe and that there's no evidence to really back up that they're causing any kind of issues with systemic health. But it is a really controversial subject because several people, they do have some problems with root canals yeah, right? so and they do have issues. I think that that's kind of what I want to talk about today because it's a topic that oftentimes is shut down. If you talk to an endodontist or you talk to your general dentist, you'll be shut down. Similar fluoride, like why aren't you doing fluoride? You're bad. So it really is about educating patients and letting them then decide what they want to do. I think that's where I'm the most passionate about is that I want to make sure that patients understand the risks and the benefits before they choose treatment. A lot of patients are told, oh, this tooth needs a root canal or after the fact, oh, hey, that tooth needs a root canal. I just did it. I hear that all the time from patients. And as dentists, we're supposed to get informed consent and getting con informed consent means that you are explaining the risks and the benefits of treatment before you do the treatment and before the patient chooses that treatment. And so a lot of patients feel like they are told that's your only option. They're not given alternatives and they're really not being educated as to what the pros and cons could be. And so even though the American Dental Association and the Endodontic Association say that these are safe, there's still a group of people. There's the Biological Dental Association, there's the IUMT, the Holistic Dental Association, as well as many functional medicine doctors that are finding that there could actually be some issues with these root canals. And of course, every single case is different. I'm not saying that every root canal is bad, but we need to start looking again at more individualized care and really making sure that we're looking at these, or at, we really need to make sure that we're looking at these root canals and using technology like 3D imaging to evaluate these before we just say, oh yeah, it's fine, go away, or this is your only option of treatment, because it's just not true. Yeah, and to put this in perspective, you were telling me before we were recording this episode that Netflix actually had a documentary on root canals that they pulled. Yeah. They pulled it because of the controversy surrounding root canals. So if you 
Didn't know that root canals were a controversial topic. It is big time controversial to the point where Netflix pulled a documentary. Yeah, the documentary is called The Root Cause. And I actually have a lot of patients that did see the documentary. You can still view it. You just can't see it on Netflix. But yeah, it was up for, I don't know, maybe a week or maybe less. And they pulled it. And that was a couple of years ago. So it's a really controversial topic. And again, I think it's just about bringing light. We got to talk about it because if you just pull documentaries off and just hush, I want to talk about it. That's not really that's not really helping patients make informed decisions. So let's talk a little bit about what a root canal is for those of us who maybe haven't gone through one or you have a general idea about what it is. Why don't we start with that? What is a root canal? Yeah. So a root canal is a procedure that's done when the nerve of the tooth is so damaged that we don't think that nerve will heal. Nerves can die for several reasons. The main reason that nerves die is because of a cavity that gets very deep and it gets into the nerve of the tooth. If you think about a tooth, the outer shell is enamel. You have about one to two millimeters of enamel. It's a very hard outer shell. And then once you break through that enamel, there's this softer layer called dentin. That dentin is kind of like a sponge. It's got a bunch of different tubes in it and it's it absorbs. It's much softer than the enamel, okay? And then inside, if you go deeper, you get into the the nerve tissue, which is the pulp of the tooth, okay? And the pulp of the tooth is basically the vitality of that tooth. So it's got your stem cells, your blood supply, which has oxygen. It's got all of your immune cells, your T helper cells. And it's the tooth's way of being able to fight off infection. So for example, if that tooth gets a little bit of a cavity, the pulp of the tooth will know that and it will start to combat that cavity. So our teeth have this natural ability to heal um, and that's from that pulp tissue that's inside of the teeth. And so when cavities get really deep and they the bacteria get into that pulp tissue, they start to eat away at that, that pulp tissue and create toxicity. And eventually they can take over that entire tooth and cause that pulp tissue to die. And if you took a healthy tooth and you drilled it open and you went through the enamel and the dentin and the pulp, you would see that the pulp is like, it's like bleeding. It looks red. It's nice and pink. Okay. That's because it has oxygen. It has blood supply. But in a tooth that's dead, if you do that same thing, you open it up and there's no red. It's all gray tissue. So it's, the tooth has literally died. Okay. And so that's when we need to root canal. And there are different levels of infection. Okay. So sometimes when that bacteria get into the tooth, the pulp chamber, maybe they just started to eat away at the pulp. If that happens, there are things that we can do in our office, like ozone treatment, laser treatments. There are some other really cool uh, treatments coming out with different like stem cells and PRF treatments to help revitalize that tissue and kind of stop that process. But if that bacteria have gotten way down into the root, then those treatments for us aren't going to be as effective. And then that's when you're really faced with needing a root canal or potentially an extraction. The other reason that we need root canals is because of trauma. So if you remember, the roots are connected to the circulation in our body, okay? So we have blood supply at the bottom of the root, and that blood supply is coming up, up, up the root all the way to the pulp chamber. And so if for some reason you have trauma, like you get hit in the face and the blood supply gets cut off, well, when blood supply gets cut off, things die, okay? Clenching and grinding can also be a way to traumatize your teeth and cut off the blood supply. So sometimes people just wake up one day and their tooth is dead <laughs> and they're like, what happened? I didn't, I don't have a cavity on this tooth. I never got hit in the face. 
what happened. And that can be from clenching and grinding. You can literally clench and grind so hard that you're cutting the blood supply to your teeth and causing your teeth to die. Orthodontic treatment can also be a form of trauma. So there's all sorts of reasons as to why root canals might be needed. But basically, what it means is that the nerve of the tooth is not healthy anymore and it's dying. And so how we treat this is traditionally what we do, if you're an endodontist or you do root canals, you would drill through the tooth from the top of the tooth. You make a hole through the enamel, through the dentin, and you expose that pulp. And then you take instruments and you basically drill out all of that pulp material. And you have to remember that because that dentin is really spongy, it's like a sponge, there's no way that you can remove all of the bacteria from the teeth. So we use instruments to get all of the tissue out. And then we use bleach that's traditionally used just good old bleach. And so they take bleach and they flush it out underneath the, into the pulp chamber to try to clean off and disinfect the root canal. And then what they do is they will fill it with a sealer and typically something called gutta percha, which is like a rubber like material. These sealers have a lot of, they can have heavy metals in them. They show up right on our x-ray so we can see them. And because of that, they do have metals in them. So some people are worried about the biocompatibility of those. There are more biocompatible options when it comes to root canal. We can talk about that later. But basically, they fill it up, they seal it, and then teeth that are dead typically will turn gray and dark. And so usually, you'll need a crown on that tooth because one, we've removed all of the vitality from the tooth. So the tooth is more brittle, so it's more likely to crack. And then two, it's not going to be a very pretty tooth because it's going to turn dark. So typically, when you need a root canal, you also need a buildup and a crown. The buildup fills that hole that was drilled and then the crown goes around the tooth to make it stronger and to make it more aesthetic so that you're not walking around with one gray tooth in your smile. So that's the root canal. The reason why they're controversial is because there's no way to remove all of that bacteria and that tissue from the tooth with the technology that we have today. And I think that's the thing that sometimes people don't think about, right? Is that the tooth itself is this spongy, porous material and, you know, it's kind of like you kind of think of it, it's more almost like a concrete, right? Where it can, stuff can get inside of it and it has, things can pass through. So you're saying is that because it's essentially dead, it'd be like if, let's say if you're, one of your fingers got the blood supply cut off and it was like a dead piece of tissue on your hand, not a finger really anymore, and you just kept it there, eventually bad things start to happen, right? Yeah. It turns necrotic. Yeah, I mean, if I, so I visualize the teeth as organs because they're basically organs. They're each individual organs. If any of your other organs died and the blood supply got cut off, if your kidney, for example, blood supply gets cut off, well, what's going to happen to your kidney? Well, it's going to turn necrotic because there's no blood, right? And we would know that we don't want to leave a necrotic kidney or a necrotic finger or some other type of body part that's necrotic. We wouldn't want to leave that in the body because we would think that would cause other issues later down the road, right? We would have bacteremia and there would be an issue. So in dentistry, it's really interesting because it's kind of the only place in medicine where we kind of taxidermy body parts to keep them for function. Nobody wants to lose a tooth. It sucks. Having a tooth out and having a space and having to fill it with something like that's, that sucks, right? I mean, I don't blame the dental profession or people for being like, I want to save my teeth. I mean, it's a pain. It sucks. But if you're taking all the blood supply out and you've got bacteria that are living inside of that tooth, 
that could be causing other inflammation in the body, then I think it's important that you know about that. If you took all of the tubes, so I talked about the dentin being made up of all of these tiny tubes. And if you lay those tubes out in a straight line, it's over three miles long for a front tooth. Three miles. That is so many, that's so much room for bacteria. Okay, so if you pack all of that, those tubes full of bacteria, you gotta, you're gonna have a lot of bacteria living in that tooth. And this concept where bacteria are left inside of the teeth after root canals is not, that's not controversial at all. I learned that in dental school. We learned that. We learned that teeth are porous and there's no way, there is absolutely no way you can sterilize a tooth because it's like a sponge. All these tubes. Your bleach solution can't reach into those tubes. So you do the best that you can. And sometimes they fail. And sometimes they look good on the x-ray after a couple years and you're like, yay, I did a good job. This tooth is doing well. But the problem is that because you've removed all of the blood supply and you've removed the nerve tissue, you can't feel anything in this tooth anymore. You can't feel cold. You can't feel hot. So the tooth can't give you any signal that there's a problem going on. And so that's where it becomes kind of dangerous because if you have a root canal done and then you go for several years and you're only taking traditional x-rays, you're only taking 2D x-rays, well, those x-rays aren't that great at identifying pathology around a root. You really have to take a 3D scan, a 3D CT, CBT, CBCT image to really identify if there is infection in that tooth still. And so that a lot of the times we find that people that have had root canal teeth, they may have infection, but they don't even know it. And people ask me every day, how come I don't feel that? And it's, well, because you have no nerve in your tooth. It's if you took all the sensation out of your hand and then you put it on a hot stove. Well, how would you know that you're burning your hand? Well, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't know. So you have to, this is where 3D imaging really comes into play. And we have to make sure that we as dentists are really screening these root canals and asking about history and other systemic things as well. There's been several, there have been several doctors that are concerned about the inflammation, the systemic inflammation that comes from these root canals. Because if you can imagine, you've taken away all of the blood supply and oxygen in the stem cells and the, the tooth's ability to fight off infection. And not only are we sealing kind of bacteria in that tooth when we do this procedure, but there's no way you can completely seal a tooth. So other types of bacteria or pathogens in our body are able to hide in these root canal teeth. If you are a, a parasite, for example, and you're trying to get away from the immune system, well, you've got this really nice, cozy environment where the immune system is going to leave you alone. So why not set up shop in that tooth? You were telling an interesting story. It's kind of a terrifying story, frankly. I mean, the whole thing as you talk about it, I feel like I'm going to have nightmares now already. It's one of the worst dreams I have is I just wake up and like my teeth are, are gone or missing or start falling out of my mouth. Like the <laughs> scariest dream that I have. But now it's now you've given me other things to have nightmares about. But you, you were talking, you are sharing a story about a patient who, this is a pretty extreme story, but had a, a very unusual, really terrible kind of thing happening in their mouth. Yeah. Um, that became very disruptive in their life. So why don't you tell that story and, and we can kind of connect the dots between potential, potentially what can set up shop in that, that yeah. hidden dead zone. So I had a patient come in, uh, this was several years ago, but she came in because um, her teeth started to turn dark, like very dark, like black almost. 
and she's getting her teeth cleaned every three to four months. And the dentists that she was seeing and the hygienist were like, you need to brush and floss more. This is out of control. And she's like, I'm doing all of that. Um, she described it to me as sand that would come out of her gums. And she told her other dentists this too. <laughs> but she said that every time that she would eat, basically her mouth would feel like she had sand in it. And it was kind of this like grainy, black type of particle. And it really affected her life because she didn't want to eat anymore. She it took the fun out of eating for her when she always felt like she had sand in her mouth. And she went to several dentists and they all just said, well, you need to brush and floss better and we just need to clean up your mouth. And she got kind of exhausted because everybody was telling her that she was fine and it was her that was doing something wrong, not something going on in her mouth. She came in to see me and we did our 3D imaging and I identified that there was a root canal that was up close to her sinus. It was a upper molar and so it was really close to the sinus. And I saw in that x-ray that it looked like a root canal was done, but it looked like maybe the cotton roll was left behind inside of this tooth. And so I recommended that we remove the crown off of that tooth and see what was going on in this tooth. And uh, when we took the crown off, sure enough, there was a cotton roll left behind, but that cotton roll was black. It was completely black. And she was so sick of people not listening to her. Um, but I think she she connected with somebody at the University of Washington. She actually spit into a cup with that sand stuff and they tested that and they found, I think they found three different strains of black molds that were in her saliva and they had said, oh, this is from the saliva. So when I took that crown off and I saw that cotton roll was black inside, I went, oh man, this could be the source of what's been going on here. So we sent that cotton roll in and that cotton roll came back, there's black mold. And on the x-ray, it didn't look like there was a huge infection. It didn't look like, oh man, there's this huge abscess. But that cotton roll kind of matched this other test that she had. So I recommended that she have that tooth extracted. I also told her she could try retreatment if she wanted to, but based on her health concerns, she was declining very quickly and she just wanted the tooth out. She was like, this is insane. It's taken me years to figure this out. I just want the tooth out. So we took the tooth out for her and then we followed it up with a bunch of ozone injections and she also had a really great functional medicine doctor who worked with her to try to get all of the mold out of her body because she had been kind of dealing with this mold stuff, but because the tooth was still in her head, that was the source of where the mold was coming from. And so she wasn't really able to make it very far with her functional medicine doctor until we removed the source of the mold. So after we took the tooth out and we did the ozone and she did a bunch of stuff with her other with her doctor, the sinuses, clear up everything, um, because that stuff is systemic at that point, right? I mean, when it's gotten into the sinus and it's in your mouth and your gums and you're swallowing it, I mean, it's it's in your whole body. So you really have to treat the body systemically for that. But it was really amazing because she came into my office a couple months after we did all of this and we were doing ozone. And she wrote me a card and she said, I'm just so thankful that I found you and that we identified what was going on because my husband and I have split up because of this health thing. I, I couldn't go out to eat. I Everybody thought I was crazy. So it really affected my marriage and my relationship. I actually ended up splitting up with my husband. And then I had suicidal thoughts. She said, I really truly believe that you've saved my life because I wanted to take my own life because this was so frustrating and hard. It made me not want to live. So that was just, to me, that was like, whoa, 
how could a root canal have caused something like that? And I'm sure like the, the other, maybe there's some controversy. Well, how do you know that? But I mean, I did everything that I could, right? I took the cotton roll, I sent it in, we did the testing. I did as much as I could, but, I, and she got better. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to me, it seems pretty obvious, but, but who knows? So yeah, so that, that kind of story. And the thing is you hear this type of story over and over and that's where as a biological dentist, my ears go up because I think we really have to learn to listen to our patients and we have to put our thinking caps on because yeah, maybe root canals are safe and maybe they're fine and that the standard of care, but if a cotton roll is left inside of them or if patients have got these health issues that they just can't figure out and their doctors can't figure it out either, we have to look in the mouth and we have to make sure we're using the right diagnostics and then we have to follow up with testing and make sure that we're sending these things in so we f figure out what is inside of these root canal teeth. Dr. Boyd Haley, he was at the Univer University of Kansas, I believe, but he did a, a study with root canal teeth where he took teeth that were not symptomatic. So again, this woman's tooth did not hurt, didn't hurt her at all. No symptoms, teeth symptoms. But he took teeth that had no symptoms and he removed them and he tested those teeth for bacteria. He looked at what kind of bacteria or pathogens are in these teeth. He found that 25% of those teeth that he tested had benign bacteria. Those bacteria, not going to affect the immune system. He then found that 50% of those teeth that he studied did have bacteria or different pathogens in them that would upregulate the immune system. So they would cause a reaction in the immune system. And then the last 25% he found had extremely toxic pathogens. So toxic that it was definitely could definitely impact their systemic body health. So when you look at people, our immune systems are different. We have different genetics. Some people have autoimmune things going on, right? We have different diets. All of the things that make us individual and our health is not always the same. So some people might be more susceptible to having these types of pathogens build up in their body, or they might be more of a hyper responder where, oh, there's a little bit of bacteria here. Well, my body's gonna go crazy and fight it off. And I'm gonna, it's gonna create more of an autoimmune type of thing. Same with our inflammatory system. We see this in periodontal disease too. We got one bacteria and the whole body just freaks out and we're in this hyper inflamed state versus another person that has a bunch of bacteria, same bacteria, but their immune system is not freaking out as much. We really have to look at everybody individually. And Dr. Thomas Levy, he's actually a cardiologist and an attorney, <laughs> interesting combo. He's written several books about how he believes that root canals are the cause of uh, most of our cardiovascular inflammatory issues. There's also several doctors that have done different studies looking at breast cancer and the correlation between root canals and breast cancer. And Dr. Weston Price, like how this all kind of got started was back in about the 1930s, Dr. Weston Price was a dentist and he would take root canals out of people that were sick. So if he had somebody that had heart disease or cancer or diabetes or whatever they had, he would extract the tooth, the root canal out of them, and he would grind it up and implant it in the belly of rabbits. And he found that the rabbits got the exact same disease as the human that they came from. And so that was kind of the start of thinking, maybe root canals are not the best for our systemic health because these rabbits are getting the exact same disease as the humans that they came from. That research was completely, the dental associations completely discredited that research because they said, well, we're 
the sterile techniques were not the same and this and this. Okay, whatever. And fine, I guess you could maybe do that study again. But those are the findings. So that was kind of the that was kind of why they started to think that maybe there could be a controversy. Well, when somebody comes in and they have this question, what should I do? Or I've had it done, or should I get it done? Like many things, the answer is not it's not straightforward. It depends, is probably what you would say. Yeah. Just kind of like you're saying here, it depends. First step is get educated. And so maybe somebody who's listening to this right now, maybe you called into the office and you had this question and we said, hey, listen to this podcast first. And then that's a great stepping stone. So now that you've kind of taken us through what's at the heart of the controversy, what's a root canal, kind of what are the dangers and what are the pros and cons? How do we go about figuring out or educating or helping get more data for a patient to make decision? What's our process? Well, I think um, doing a comprehensive exam is a really great next step. Um, 3D imaging is a must when it comes to evaluating infections around root canals. So 3D imaging, we also have the ability to actually take a little paper point and put it between the gums and the root canal tooth. And when you chew, the fluid from the bottom of the tooth will come up through the gums and soak that paper point with that fluid. And so we have the ability to take that and test these root canal teeth. So if you're, if we don't see anything on the x-ray and we, and you're not really feeling anything, most people don't, but you're still, you still want to be really thorough before you decide, yes, I want to take this out. You can do a paper point test and we send that into a lab and have them tell us what kind of microbes are in there. So those are the ways to evaluate them. Now, if you go to the regular, if you go to the endodontist, their studies show that it can take over it can take up to three years to see healing in some of these lesions. Uh, most of the healing we see after six months to a year. In the biological community, we don't um, end a double usually say, oh, well, there's still a little bit of something there, but it's just a scar. In the biological dental world, we don't really think scars <laughs> are scars. We think scars mean that there's still probably an infection going on. And so this is, again, where if we see a scar... We probably want to do more testing on it to decide, okay, well, what might be living in here? And it's also really important that you connect with your functional medicine doctor, your naturopath, because if you're working with them and you're doing a bunch of stuff and there's still signs of inflammation in your body, there's still things that you can't figure out, like the woman that had the mold, um, you may want to be more aggressive in removing your root canals. You may choose to do that if your doctor thinks that's a good idea. Yeah, I think there's there are ways to look at it, but even if you don't have an infection, kind of like this woman with the mold, it doesn't mean that there's nothing living inside of the tooth. So you really have to kind of look at your health as a whole. If you have root canals in your teeth and your health is great and you've done really extensive lab testing and you feel good and on the radiograph everything looks good, then maybe don't do anything. It's fine. I don't think all root canals are bad. I think I've said that before. But I think that our diagnosis needs to be better and patients need to be given options. And one of the points that you've made prior is that a lot of times doctors aren't looking at the mouth. They're not thinking about what could be going on in the mouth that could be linked to overall health conditions. And a lot of times, even naturopaths and functional medicine doctors aren't looking at the mouth. Yeah. And if the doc- the dentist, if the conventional dentist isn't looking at the mouth and the doctors aren't looking at the mouth and the patient's not thinking about their mouth, that's where you get these situations where people can have unexplained or strange mysterious illnesses or whatever that is plaguing them Mm -hmm. that can be very difficult to treat because they're not finding the source. Absolutely. I kind of do judge functional medicine doctors and naturopaths by how many dental questions they have on their new patient intake forms. 
the ones that are excellent and the ones that I would say, yep, go see them are the ones that are asking about mercury fillings, history of mercury fillings. Do you have any mercury fillings? Have you had root canals, um, orthodontic, all of that. If they're asking questions that relate to your dental health, then they're going to be a really comprehensive doctor. If they're not asking those questions, then they are completely ignoring this area of the body that often has many hidden infections, which are going to affect your systemic health. And if you're a doctor listening to this and this is all new to you, I would love to talk to you more about this because I think this is not, this is basically because we're not, you guys aren't educated in this. Doctors aren't educated in the mouth. Dentists are. And so doctors oftentimes think, oh, well, that's a dentist's job. It's not my job. If you're really trying to treat a whole body, you have to look at the mouth. You have to understand what the the risks are of all these things. We see this with people that have mercury fillings. They're doing detox, heavy metal detoxes with their naturopath. And they're just, they're like, keep going. Oh, well, it's not getting better. It's not getting better. I'm hitting a wall. It's making me more sick. Well, did you look in the mouth to see if there's literally mercury that's off-gassing, causing this constant supply of mercury? Like it's impossible to detox your body if the source isn't removed of the toxin, right? So um, so anyways, it's if your doctor is not asking about those things, then I would love to talk to them. Send them my way. I'd love to educate them. And if you're looking for a doctor, a great way to screen them is, do you ask me about my mouth? It's a pro tip right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pro that's tip. A, that's a truly comprehensive doctor right there. So in the case that we've gone through this process, you've gotten educated, you, you maybe you have some issues going on, and you make the decision, you're like, hey, I want this root canal out. What happens then? So if we decide that it's best to take the root canal tooth out, we want to make sure that we remove all of the infection. Okay, so remember, tooth is porous, tooth is not sealed. So all of that bacteria get into the surrounding structure in the bone. And if you have an abscess or if you have any kind of pathology in the bone, remember that root canal is going to fill, that, that bacteria in that root canal are going to fill the entire tooth up and then they're going to start going out into the bone. And so the bone around these teeth is pretty infected as well. It's not just the tooth. So removing the tooth is important. We take that out. But when I was in dental school, the way that I was taught how to remove a tooth was you take the tooth out, you might scrape a little bit out, scrape a little bit of the infection, and then you have a bite on cotton roll. Well, that's not really going to remove all of that infected tissue and sterilize that area so that bone can actually heal the right way. What we have to do is once the tooth comes out, we have to make sure that we get into that bone and sterilize it and get it clean. Our bone is even more porous than teeth are. If you think about if you think about bones, there's that hard outer shell and the inside of the bone is really airy. And so bacteria and biofilm will build up in that on those areas. And there's not a lot of blood supply in bone, right? So again, the immune system has a harder time getting into those areas. So at Green City Dental, when we after we remove the tooth, we have several things that we do to remove that infected tissue once the tooth comes out. We're using ozone. We're using a laser that disinfects. And the laser also sends out this like frequency. It's like vibrates. And so basically all of that, that biofilm and that tissue, that infected tissue kind of gets vibrated out of the socket. And we're also using a piezo, a piezo. And that piezo is also helping disinfect and clean out the walls around that infection because when you leave infection inside, that bone is going to grow and heal, but it's going to grow around that pocket of infection. And so you're still going to have this little pocket of infection. And that's what's actually called a cavitation. 
This is another controversial topic. We'll do it on a different podcast. But that's a cavitation. And, and those cavitations can harbor the same bacteria that a root canal tooth can. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, I had so-and-so, they just took my root canal out. I'm like, okay, did they remove the infection? Did they use a laser? Did they use the piezo? Did they use ozone? How did they remove that tooth? Because just taking the tooth out and biting on a cotton roll is not going to get rid of the infection. You have to make sure that you remove all of it. And that requires extra technology, extra technique, and it takes a lot more time. The other thing that we do in our office is we draw your own blood. We spin your blood down and we extract what's called PRF, which is platelet-rich fibrin. This has your body's own healing cells and it has your own immune system, your own stem cells in this PRF. And we take that and we put it into the socket area. That will kind of stick to the bone and it will help with healing, okay? And so it's really important that we do this, again, because at the end of the day, if you're going to remove a root canal, you got to make sure you remove the infection or else you're not really, you may not be better off. So that's really important. The other thing that we have to make sure as well is that your body has the nutrients that it needs to rebuild the bone. If you got a big hole in your bone, well, your body's got to fill that in. Well, if you don't have the right nutrients, if your vitamin D levels are low, if you don't have the proper fat-soluble vitamins and all the building blocks of bone, the minerals to build the bone then you're not going to get optimal healing. There have been many studies that show that we actually get more dental implant failures in winter months because vitamin D is low. And we also want to prep your body to make sure that you have what your body needs to be able to heal. Our job is remove the tooth, take out the infection. We can send the tooth off to the lab, figure out what's inside of this tooth. You can then take that to your doctor and say, hey, I've got this issue. Okay, that's great. And then we also have to make sure that your body can heal. Now that we've done our work, your body has to take over and do the rest. So that's how we do things at Green City Dental. This is a comprehensive look at how do we do this? How do we not cause harm? How do we make sure that we're setting people up so they get the most when they have the root canal teeth removed? Like many of the things we do, and if you're following along on any of our shows, podcasts, or content, you know that we do things differently. And that's Again, the case here where we take the extra steps necessary to really produce the outcome that you want, which is you want to be healthy and you want to heal properly and you want to solve the, the problem. You want it to go away, right? After we go through this process, then do typically, what do we, we have this hole now in our mouth or a missing tooth. What's, how do we, in, that's probably a whole, again, probably a whole, its own whole topic as we get into what we do in those situations. But just briefly, what's, what are the options there? Yeah, so if you have a missing tooth, there's kind of four options. One option is don't do anything. I don't advise that because teeth move. So if you don't do anything, your bite is going to change and shift, and that can cause other issues with TMJ problems, which we'll talk about in another podcast. But so you could do nothing. That also can impact, so that can impact your bite. It can also make it so that the bone resorbs. So your teeth are what your teeth are connected to bone. So when you remove the tooth, the bone is like, why do I need to be here? <laughs> There's no tooth here. And so you get resorption. And so if you ever decided later, oh, I do want a tooth here, it becomes harder to put a tooth there. And cosmetically, it can also, if it's a front tooth or even if it's a back tooth, you're going to lose like volume in your jaw. And so I don't usually recommend that people do nothing. The other option, if you just want to get a tooth, is to make a partial. A partial denture is a removable it's kind of like a retainer that has a fake tooth on it. So we match the tooth to your 
we match the color of that tooth to the rest of your teeth, but it goes in and out. You can eat with them in. They're not amazing to eat within. It's kind of, they're kind of clunky. For back teeth, they're not, they're maybe not ideal, but that is an option. And sometimes we'll have you in that option while you're healing. If there's a really big infection, we might say, all right, let's let this body heal before we do anything more permanent. Let's see how the bone heals. Have you wear that for four to six months, and then we do something else. The other option is if you have two adjacent teeth that are pretty pretty healthy, you could consider a bridge. And a bridge is where we basically use the two supporting teeth. We put crowns on them, and then we put a fake tooth, and it's all one piece. So you'll have three teeth in a row, all one piece. But we put like a fake tooth, it's called a pontic, in that hole. And bridges can be great, but the downside is that you have to drill on healthy teeth. So if you already have crowns on those teeth, maybe we don't have to do as much drilling. That would be great. But if you have perfectly healthy teeth or you only have small fillings, you got to remove a lot of healthy tooth structure to get a bridge to fit and to be strong. The other downside to a bridge is let's say that you're higher risk for cavities. If you get a cavity around one area, because it's all one piece, you got to remove the whole thing. You got to take the whole thing out. You got to redo it. And so that can get expensive for people that are higher cavity risk. The next option, the last option is to do an implant. And an implant is the most like a natural tooth. You can floss it. It doesn't have, it doesn't have a cushion around it, right? So it feels a little different when you bite down. It doesn't give you that proprioception that you would with a natural tooth. But it's, it, you put basically an implant is just like a little screw that we put into the bone. I know it sounds crazy, but having a tooth extracted is actually a lot more intense than having an implant place. Implant placement is relatively easy. You're just like literally screwing it in and then you're done versus a tooth extraction where there's like pressure and you might hear cracking noises or whatever. So the implant surgery itself is actually pretty easy compared to other things that we do. But you put a screw in and then into the bone, that's the implant. We let it heal and then we'll put a crown on top of that implant and that's and we match that crown again to your natural teeth. So implants going to be the best option. Implants can still have bone loss around them. You can't get a cavity though because there is nowhere for cavities to happen because there's no tooth structure, but you can't get bone loss around them. So you have to make sure that you have good periodontal health. You still have to make sure that you're cleaning it and taking care of it. It's not, oh, I put my implant in and I'm good and I can just forget about brushing my teeth, okay? Still can get periodontal disease around implants. So those are kind of the four basic options. Depending on you, what your goals are, what your mouth looks like, what other dentistry you have, what your risk factors are, we're going to recommend one of those options, probably not doing nothing. That sounds like a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's a bad idea. And I, I wanted to also say that, like I said before, not all root canals are bad, but sometimes for people that are questioning, I think it's really important that you think about your total health and go way back. Think about your whole history. A lot of times I hear, well, this happened six months after I got this root canal, or as soon as this root canal happened, I started to get this. So go back with your doctor and kind of figure out your timeline. Uh, I had a patient that, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I had a patient that came into me and she had a a front tooth that had a root canal. And I looked at the x-ray. It looked like there might have been a little something going on, but again, maybe that's just a scar so I told her, I'm like, well, if, if you want to remove it, you can, but I don't see a huge infection around the tooth. She opted to remove it because she had done research and she was like, I just want it out. I, I've done enough research and I just feel like this could be part of what's going on with my health. So I'm like, okay. So she ended up getting the tooth out and she came back to me after I called her for her post-op, like, how is it going appointment? And she said, this really interesting thing happened. I don't think I told you this, and I didn't write it on my medical history form, but I have been getting chronic bladder infections since I was 16. And 
I've been to a bunch of specialists and nobody can really figure out why I'm getting these bladder infections. I get them about every two to three months. They're really annoying. And I've just kind of learned to deal with them. I think she was in her like 40s or 50s. And she said the day, the night that the root canal came out, the next, that that night I started to kind of feel like something was brewing. Like I was going to get a bladder infection. And she said, and I, the next day I definitely was getting a bladder infection. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. So I looked at the meridian. I, we talked about the meridian chart, how all the teeth are connected to different meridians in Chinese medicine. So I looked at the meridian chart because I was just kind of curious, is there, what, what meridian is this tooth on? And sure enough, it's on the bladder meridian, kidney bladder meridian. Nine months later, speed up to nine months later, she came in to see our hygienist. And I was like, hey, how is it going? And she said, I have not had a bladder infection since that night, since that, that tooth came out. She said, I haven't had it. And I truly believe that tooth is what was causing my bladder infection issues. So again, did I fix her bladder infections? I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I'm not claiming that I did. But it's a very interesting correlation. That is a fascinating correlation. You, dear listener, can be the judge. Was it the root canal or was it something <laughs> else? Well, Dr. T, thank you so much. I know this is a topic that a lot of people have questions on. And like always, you've just done such a phenomenal job laying it all out, giving us more information, helping empower us so we can make decisions about our health and decide, hey, what is in my best interest as a human being who wants to be healthy, happy, live a long time and do great things. You have helped us on that path today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you're a listener and you're wondering, hey, what's next? and you have more questions or some of your questions were answered and you want to take action, then by all means, give us a call, come in, and we'll put you on the path to figuring out what the right steps are for you. Sounds great. Awesome. We'll catch you on the next show. Until then, remember, your mouth matters. <laughs>